Welcome to the Stubborn Tortoise Podcast. I'm Donna Pazdera. So today we're going to talk about getting lost. I think it happens to almost everybody, and especially if you're a trail runner because you're out there in nature and after a while stuff starts looking alike. Um, I know I've talked about this in a previous podcast, but there was a time when I was doing a 50K. It started early in the morning and it was still dark and I had my headlamp and was out there in the first few miles. <laughs> could not figure out how to get through the course and ended up like in this dry riverbed going back and forth for, I don't know, it seemed like a half hour. I probably wasn't. But anyway, yeah, so I was wandering around. Well, the problem was is that the race director, God love him, used green non-reflective ribbons to mark the course. So in the dark, (laughs) you couldn't really see anything. And of course, I wasn't the only one that got lost. So... One of the most famous getting lost stories involved Jim Walmsley, who I watched as he won the Bandera 100K back in 2016. I just happened to be standing at the finish line after I'd done my race, and I saw this tall, lanky guy with this kind of wild and curly hair (laughs) bouncing in to the finish line, looking like he had just started, and I was like, wow. And then I saw the race director and somebody else, they pulled out the tape for him to break it, and i like, wow, this guy's finishing. And I think, you know, it was just like a ridiculous amount of time, like seven hours or something to do 100K, which, you know, is incredible on that course. And yeah, so he set the course record and just looked really good and earned a spot to do the Western States 100 miler uh, later that summer. And so I kind of kept an eye on him. I, you know, it's like, ooh, I just watched somebody win a game, you know, win a race and also set a course record. So, you know, this is probably the only sport I geek out about. And he was about 40 minutes ahead of the course record. And then like around mile 93, he took a wrong turn and got lost. And sadly, he ended up finishing in 20th place. So that's that's a pretty, pretty sad story. But the good news is, is that he did go back a couple of years later and set a new course record and still is doing incredible things. So Anyway, I bring I bring all that up because it just sort of makes you feel a little less stupid when you get lost to think, well, you know, somebody who's an elite athlete gets lost too. So it happens. And I personally, I've got a really crappy sense of direction. Um, you know, I used to be able to look at a map and figure out how to you know, get somewhere. But in the advent of GPS, I think a lot of us have lost that old school skill. Um, side note. Um, I will point out that several years ago, me and my Chinese sister, May, we were trying to find our group's hotel in Corpus Christi because we were running the beach to Bay. And the directions led us out toward this middle of a remote road flanked by sand dunes. And then the GPS lady's voice triumphantly announced, you have arrived. (laughs) We just kind of looked at each other and we're like, I don't think so. So I digress a little. My friend Louisa, she always worries about me when I'm running on the trails alone. She knows about my propensity to get turned around. And for the most part, I can do okay. uh, Or maybe at least find a creative path back. And when I first moved to San Antonio, I took myself out to McAllister Park, the sprawling 960-acre facility with paved and natural trails along with ball fields and picnic pavilions and a dog park. And I tried following the 6.35-mile blue loop, but I got lost. And I ended up getting out of the trails and going onto the road just to try to find my car. 
and I stopped the passerby and asked for directions. And he gave me a handful of instructions that I attempted to follow, but I still ended up lost. Um, so I was really starting to get annoyed. And I didn't have a phone with me either at the time, so that didn't seem to help anything. And I did find a parks employee, and I flagged him down. He was in his truck, and I said, hey, how do I get back to the dog park trailhead? After a confusing litany of lefts and rights, I swallowed my pride and resorted to my ability to disarm people. And this actually was very helpful when I was a journalist. I asked him if he would mind just giving me a ride back to my car, and he did. Side note, I find that if you are just straight up with people, you will usually get a good result. At least that's just how I roll. And then in March this year, I decided at the last minute to run the Texas two-way torture test at Lighthouse Hill Ranch, which is between Blanco and Johnson City. And I've run the 10-mile loop a couple of times before, but each time I ended up taking a wrong turn, got lost, and tacked on an extra mile. This time, I was determined not to have it happen, except this time I got lost getting to the starting line. This was a first. I got to the venue about 15 minutes before the start, and I was frazzled. Griselda, this other woman who was in a similar situation, hung with me, and so we ran to where we thought was a start, and we missed the signs leading to the start and ended up following the course markers, and so that was a bit of a problem. And then I realized my mistake when we saw runners hauling toward us in the opposite direction. And then I saw my friend from the RGV, David Zuniga, he zipped past, and I'm like, hey, where's the start, I shouted. And he pointed back, great, we had run a mile past where we needed to start. There I go again, adding another mile on. So we ran as hard as we could in the direction of the start and we were 30 minutes behind. And Griselda took off, she left me rightfully in the dust. And this race has a feature where you and a partner run the loop in opposite directions, but I didn't have a partner, so I just kind of did my solo thing. And as I ran the loop, I passed a couple of slowish looking runners in the opposite direction. My goal was to beat them, that is, to the finish line. And in the end, I saw one of those runners coming into the finish just seconds before me. And even though I technically had 30 minutes on her, I still ended up being DFL, dead flipping last. It was humbling. And actually, it was sort of fun to, you know, finally be considered the DFL. So, um, but anyway, that was a really embarrassing story. Uh, then yesterday, Sunday morning, I ran with the um, San Antonio Roadrunners off-road group to preview the course for the Taco Loco race at the end of the month. And it's held on this massive piece of property about 20 minutes south of San Antonio. Uh, and it's called the Land Heritage Institute. And I've never been out there before until yesterday. And the trails are mainly flat and grassy with some tricky divots along the way. And for me, this really wasn't bad because at least it wasn't all this gigantic hills and rocks and roots and everything else. So it was sort of a, I don't want to call it a vacation, but it was sort of nice. Um, and they also have these maps and signs that are scattered throughout, but <laughs> everything kind of starts looking the same and it's pretty easy to get lost. In fact, some of the coaches got turned around, which inspired me to call it the do the hokey pokey run. So my group of five ladies decided to turn a supposed five mile out and back into a 10 mile odyssey. We had to be off the property by noon, and by the time we returned to base camp, it was already 10 a.m. So our plan called for another 10 miles, but 
me and my new friend Maria, who has now become my San Antonio Luisa, we decided to hike out for another hour, and so we managed to stay on course and got in another four. However, the most serious case of me getting lost happened on a 1,000-acre ranch outside of Rio Grande City a couple of years ago. This place is called Rancho Maravilla. Um, I'm not sure if that's really what its official name is, but it's what Coach Basilio Mendoza calls it. Uh, and Mendoza is a Boston marathoner and a coach to the first runner-up cross-country team in Texas. And he coaches at Donna, no relation, North High School. And he gets up at God knows when, drives a good 45 minutes or more to pick up his boys, and then drive them an hour or more out to take them to this place to train. And then he drives them all back. His compassion and coaching are what makes his boys great. Mendoza also coaches adults, and I'm a sometime member, mainly because I can't always make the evening group runs, which are about 25 minutes away from where I was living. And I've adhered to his advice and try to run with his group when I can, and that this particular day was one of them. So we all met up in Mission, which is way south Texas, okay, so this is taking place in the Rio Grande Valley. Uh, we met up around 7 a.m., and then we carpooled about 40 miles away to this 1,000-acre ranch, whose owner allows Mendoza and his runners to train. And on this particular morning, Mendoza wanted to get in 13 while the rest of us were shooting for six to nine. Well, I was aiming for six just because the last time I was out here, it kicked my butt. We started off past the hogs and goats and the sweet puppies near the house. Orly, Jaime, Mendoza's co-coach and his son sprang ahead. Norma and Kathy, Orly's wife, they got ahead of me. And I'm used to this. I figured as long as I kept them an eye shot, I was good. And I just had to remember to breathe as I struggled to keep up with them. Well, we hit the four-mile mark, and Orly wanted to go out a few more miles. And I felt like my, my pace was slowing everybody down, so I just opted to turn back. Well, they ran... They ran me a half mile out, and then they continued, and I was to head back. Both Orly and Jaime described the route back, like a big U, and when you see the house, that's good. Me, being a tough Midwesterner, I figured I knew how to follow some simple instructions, so I wasn't all that concerned. And I followed them for about a half mile, waved, and then headed back. And then I ran up a Jeep road past a deer blind and saw a gate. It was locked, and so I turned right. I followed the road, which occasionally turned to sand, and then turned right again. I saw houses in the distance and heard cars. And then when I got to the end of the road, I saw a bunch of cows. Hmm. I didn't remember them from before, and I didn't see a trail through there, so I turned again. So I ended up making a circle or a square, if you will. And then I saw the deer blind again. Okay, I thought, let's go around again and see if I see another way. I squared around once again, and damn it, there are the cows again. And they stared at me suspiciously. I was starting to run out of water, and it was getting warmer. I worried about holding up the rest of the group, as I knew they all had places to be later on. I ran and walked, to conserve my energy, and looped around once again to the cows. I started into their quarters and noted that there wasn't a way through. And a few of the cows looked at me, and they started moving toward me. <laughs> I love cows and animals, but I'm sure these guys were thinking, why is this human in our area? And so I, I turned around and headed halfway through the square again, wandered down a path for about a half mile, and didn't think it would take me where I needed to go. I tried hard not to panic or cry. I wondered if I should just stay put or keep moving, and in my anxiety-ridden state, I kept moving. And I returned to the fence, and it was locked, and I started to wonder if that was the one that we hit early on, which had to be unlocked. 
Figuring I had nothing to lose, I tossed my water bottle underneath the fence and hit the ground and shimmied under, grateful that I'm not a very big person. I ran towards some houses. The houses! But there was a fence barring me from getting through. Okay. I turned right and figured I must be getting sort of close. I saw some junk cars and other stuff. I kept running. Then I saw a pickup truck and Mendoza waving. I was so relieved. He gave me a big hug and a bottle of cold water. I apologized and thanked the driver, the ranch owner, I presume, in Spanish. And then I attempted to explain in Spanish what had happened, mercifully Mendoza translated. And when we finally returned to the start, my group was there. Orly was a combination of mad at me and relieved to see me. He'd run an extra mile looking for me. I apologized to everyone and thanked the ranch owner for the dozenth time. Oh, and hey, I got in 10 miles. Lesson learned. Next time, I will not run alone out there. Yeah. So it is just one of those things that happens over the course of your career if you're going to do any kind of trail running. And you just got to, I think the main thing is just to try to stay calm and not panic and just hope that somebody will find you. Uh, So, yeah, that's all I've got for you this week. And I will see you again next time. <laughs>